I just want to let you know that I just recorded a really awesome, like really fun opening to this podcast and John deleted it. Um, that is, that is true. And I don't like to It be- wasn't really an opening though. You were just... I was bantering. Sorry. And I don't like to be edited. I don't like, I like to be unfiltered. Hi everyone and welcome to <laughs> another episode of The Bear and the Swan. We're back. We back. We back. We took a week off. Oh, we did? <laughs> well, yeah. You don't even know. <laughs> you don't listen. You don't prep. I'm not going to listen to my own podcast. That's, yeah, I guess. Do you do that? Well, I do because I edit it. Do you it. do that? Yes, because, mm. because my head is growing <laughs> so big. Um, no, we took a week off because uh, we... Well, let's let's talk about why. Why why were we gone? Why, why, why? Of course, we started podcasting and Buckets is going nutso. And looking for every toy he owns... Okay. Settle down, little dog. Um, what were we doing? Well, the last episode was the travel episode that we recorded in, in New York. In the heart of Chelsea, New York City. <laughs> Soho. Since then. Oh, Soho. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, gosh, since then, John went out of town for a week. That's really why we took the week off, because you were yeah, gone for I was a week. Gone the like literally week. seven days. Sunday which to Sunday. John travels a lot for work. Um, if you follow his Instagram, you see, but uh, it's not like. It's not long. It's never, it's usually at the most like five nights. Yeah. It's rare that it's seven full days. Like yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. So that's why we were gone. But uh, Sweetberry, any updates from from your time away? Um, No. Do you, did you miss doing this? <laughs> Actually, yes. No. Mm-hmm. You're just saying that. I'm happy to record tonight. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Which I was kind of <laughs> wary about it because the mood has been up and down today. Yeah. If you know, Buckets, that's so rude. <laughs> uh, John always says I'm, I'm a, a woman of extremes. Yes, you are. I have high highs and low lows and... A couple hours ago was a low low. It was, and I was like, "Oh no, we're not going to be able to record tonight because she's not going to be feeling." <laughs> but it. I turned it around. That I will say, I've seen progress in myself in that. That would usually put me out for the rest of the day. Yeah. That mood swing I had. Yeah. Whereas, like, I was able to sort of get it together, bring yeah, it back. Yeah, that usually would have put you out. And yesterday, like yesterday, you got upset with me at like the beginning of the day. And well, I kind of let that hang around. Yeah, all but day. you didn't do it in a way like it wasn't like you three years ago. Like you wouldn't have talked to me the rest of the day. Yeah, no, I was just like not in a great mood the rest of the day, but I had really nothing. Like, yeah, it threw off <laughs> your mood, but you weren't holding it against me. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, so that was nice. So you're you're growing. You're 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 growing. We're taking off Bucket's collar because <laughs> he he's just too jingly. He's too jingle jangly. Anyway, so today. We are finally doing an episode that we have been talking about for so long. Oh, yeah, buddy. Today, we are finally doing the episode where we are answering your questions, the listeners' questions. First Yay. of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to this little podcast. It's kind of crazy. Even even as someone who like has a YouTube channel that you know people watch, not like a ton of people, but some people watch, it's still just astounds me that people would watch that. And and it also astounds me that people would be interested in listening to our conversations. And I've gotten a lot of, (laughs) I don't know if you have, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on it. 
I haven't. Tell me things. <laughs> I just have had a lot of conversations with people where, whether it be online or whether it be in person, where they're like, it's really refreshing to hear you two just sort of talk about the way that you see things. Oh, that's nice. And that's exactly what we want. Yeah, out we're of this. literally just talking. We're not trying to make this like a how to podcast. Or- <laughs> Although my friend Matt said, I listen to your podcast. But and I hate conversation podcasts, but that's just how desperate I am to be your friend because oh, we haven't seen him in a while. And I was like, <laughs> that's kind of mean. Yeah. Matt, are you listening to this? You better text me an apology text. No, Matt will always text me every time I forget what I'm saying in the podcast or I can't think of a word every single time <laughs> Matt listens, he'll text me. So I'll get like a random text, like <laughs> saying, I can't remember something. Oh, Elizabeth Smart. I just get a text from him, Elizabeth Smart, and I was like, what? That's and then really I realized. funny. We need to have him listening live so he can just text you. Exactly. All right. So today, the idea of this podcast episode is we have been receiving questions from all of you on Anchor. We host this podcast on Anchor, and... Uh, I've been literally begging you all for the past two months to leave us voice messages on Anchor with questions that you might have. And so I have gathered all of those questions and we're going to answer them today. Sweet Bear, are you ready? Oh, I am so ready. All right, let's do it. Question numero uno. You still play HQ? I don't play HQ anymore. I don't think anyone does. All right, here's the first question. Hi, John and Aaron. My name is uh, Nick. I'm calling from Gilbert, Arizona. Um, I've heard you both uh, touch on the Enneagram a bit, and I've heard it from a few different um, people I follow, friends and family that have done it. Um, I'm super interested. In, I've done the quizzes. I've, I've got a good start on it, but I'm curious if you have any resources, um, tools, books, anything that you recommend in really digging in and understanding your qualities and, and those of everybody else so that you can best implement the resource. Thanks so much. What a great question. Such a great question. So in fairness, uh, this question was asked before we released our Enneagram oh, episode okay. with Lauren. So that would actually be my first answer probably would be to Go listen to that episode just as Why, a start. Why are you plugging our own podcast? I am. I am. Shouts to our pod. <laughs> Don't say shouts. <laughs> Every time you say shouts, a fairy loses its wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but I would maybe start there just because clearly Nick already listens to this podcast mm-hmm. and all that. So Nick, if you haven't heard that episode, uh, go and probably start there. Do you have anything? Um, so I actually have not read The Road Back to You, but I have a lot of friends that have. And honestly, I feel like I should go on Amazon Prime and order it right now because I've been saying I want to read it and I haven't. But I've heard that that's a really great resource. I have listened to The Road Back to You podcast um, a couple of episodes and I think they're great. They're like not, I feel like a lot of p- podcasters are like younger, like hmm. millennials. And so. You mean like. Like, who, like, like us? <laughs> and they're not, but they, like, make fun of themselves that they don't know how to podcast, which I think is funny. Um, not that anybody does, but, yeah, I, I liked that. And then, really, my other resources, friends who know a lot about That's it. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. I think I have learned the most through just talking with friends. And, and not that all of our friends are experts, necessarily, but, but what naturally happens when you get talking with friends about the Enneagram, whether they fully understand it or not, they begin to reveal things about themselves and how their mind and heart works that they might not 
otherwise talk about. So you yeah. actually, I've grown to understand my friends more deeply from them just talking about their Enneagram types, quote unquote, but really they're just talking about how they're wired. Yeah, it does. It kind of gives you a nice like opening, a nice excuse to get, to talk about things that are, would be weird to just be like, Hey, you know what just motivates me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so that is a good excuse. I feel like we've gotten in a ton of deep conversations and hundred percent agree with you understanding people way better just from having like casual Enneagram conversations over drinks or dinner or something. All right. Our next, next question. Next question. Hey, John and Aaron got a question for you regarding the translations of the Bible. When I was saved, I was saved in a church that strongly believed that you can only read the King James version of the Bible. And as I was reading scriptures and as I was learning scriptures and I was going through my faith journey, it was really difficult for me to understand the Bible in this version. But I also felt like I could not read other versions of the Bible because I was being taught that those versions were incorrect. What are your thoughts on the different translations of the Bible and which one would you recommend new believers to use in their walk with Christ? All right, John, I'm going to take you, I'm going to give this one over to you. <laughs> uh, all right. And we go to John out in the field. John, tell us a little bit about this. So uh, the Bible is a book that was written. Um, in God's the Bible. In God's uh. the Bible. So Trevor, that's a great question. And I actually, not to, I've now plugged my own podcast and I'm about to plug my own YouTube channel. Oh no. But I actually have a video on this uh, on A Day in the Word. And so if you're looking for perhaps a more well thought out answer and a longer one and a more in-depth one, you can go check that out. Um, I, I answered it in, in one of my sort of A Day in the Word Q&A videos. But really where I sort of, come down on it is I, I, I would respectfully disagree with uh, that church that the King James Version is the only version that is of God. I have heard that before myself, and I disagree with that. Uh, my thoughts on it actually are the best version of the Bible to read is whatever version is going to get you reading, especially at the mm -hmm. start. Yeah, Especially well, he at asked the start. about at the start, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's whatever version is going to get you reading. And I feel the same way about where to start in the Bible. Should I start at the beginning? Should I start in the gospel? Should I start wherever it's going to get you started? I believe that from there, God is going to work in your life and lead you along a righteous path. If you have a heart that is that is truly desirous or truly desires to know God through his word, I think however you get into it, God is, by the power of his Holy Spirit, he's going to lead you along a righteous path mm -hmm. with that. And I might say something else a little controversial here. One, is desirous a word? Desirous, yeah. yeah. Okay, two. <laughs> um, <laughs> two, I would say for, from somebody who doesn't, I'll be honest, love reading the Bible because it's difficult for me. I don't find it as easy as somebody like John does. I think it's okay if you're just starting out as well to use resources that help you or oh, yeah. even, or even starting with like a Christian book, like not mm -hmm. necessarily the Bible right away. Maybe it's something that uses 
that references the Bible. That references the Bible, and you're able to like read a chapter. Sort of like a modern commentary. Exactly. Yeah. And like eventually, do I think it's good to go straight to the Bible? Yeah. Like that is God's word, and I think that is truth. However, it's it's hard. It's hard to jump right in, especially if you're not used to reading it or used to sort of dissecting it to get some knowledge or truth out of it. So yeah, that's yeah, and it's also it's also very logistically. It's important to remember when it comes to any of these English translations that we're talking about. Every single one of those is a translation. Yeah, you want to read the original Greek. Yeah, go to the original Greek or to the original no, Hebrew. Um, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to learn Greek and Hebrew necessarily, um, but but that that is part of the argument for this idea that any English translation of the Bible you read is a translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and are some perhaps a, a little more, quote-unquote, accurate than others? Yes, but that, it, once again, it's an interpretation. And so you have to know that going in, I think. Mm-hmm. Next question. Next question. Hi, John and Sweet Bear. My name is Jill. I'm 23 years old, and I got married to my wonderful husband, Devin, about four months ago. Being married has been fantastic so far, but it has also come with its challenges, especially being married young. One of those is that we don't have a lot of friends our age who are also married, so a lot of our single friends don't understand what we're going through and we don't have a lot of people to share our experiences with or relate to. So my question is, have you had similar challenges and how have you dealt with them? Thank you guys. Keep being awesome. Okay, first of all, every question so far, I'm just like smiling you so have big. The <laughs> smile on I'm your just face. so like it's so cool that people can call in and ask questions. And also every single time I'm like, wait, I know that voice. I don't <laughs> know you personally, but I feel like I don't know. Uh anyways, um, so yeah, first preach girl, like we went through mm-hmm. a very similar thing. Um, do you have any answers right off the bat? Well, I I was having a conversation with someone recently, and that someone may be you, so I apologize. <laughs> but it was with someone where I was talking about, I really do believe that one of the loneliest times in your life can be your sort of early to mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Because in terms of, when I talk about lonely, I mean community-wise, because growing up, you're some people experience extreme loneliness and yeah, that's real. But for the most part, you're thrown into community via the school you go to, the team you play on or the activity you're in and even your family, you know? And then when you're older and perhaps married or you have kids or you're in like a steady job, then you've taken time to build that community. But I feel like there's this big gap that no one tells you about Mm -hmm. in your early to mid twenties. And that gap isn't totally fixed just because you get married to another person. It just means that both of you are lonely together. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, still good because you have somebody, but you're totally right. It's unless you have, I don't know, I've got some friends that are, like we're in a sorority in college, so their sorority sisters just became that community right out of college, but like that's not always the case. Or maybe you are really close with your work friends. That's not always the case. So yeah, there definitely is a big chunk of time where it's like, we've said so many times, how do you make friends as an adult? Like, it's so weird. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we're particularly weird people. I mean, we are, but we're not like hard to get along with. We, we were trying to make friends and it was just awkward and weird. Yeah. But I, but I think so to kind of like answer the question now of how, how we've sort of done it, even though it's something I think we still struggle with. 
But one thing that we both were very passionate about was that just because we're married doesn't mean we don't hang out with our single friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't mean we look down upon them. It doesn't mean that we're any better than them. So we still remained and remain to this day very, very intentional about spending time with our friends who are single. Yeah. And that has almost been easier than finding <laughs> married other couples, yeah. married couples and married friends. And and I mean, we've we've tried a lot of things. Like we we've joined small groups. We, we're in a married small group right now at our church, trying mm-hmm. to make new friends. We've gone on double dates where it really worked and everything just sort of clicked and it was awesome. Yeah. And we've gone on double dates where it was weird uh-huh. and we didn't really mesh with the other people. It's really hard because. If you're going to be married friends, there's like four people there who yeah, have, have to click. Yeah, have to click. Mm-hmm, 100%. And that's <laughs> yep. really difficult. Like the chances of that happening, that's why like the couple times where it really has for us, we leave and we're like, oh my gosh, I really, we really like them. We I really hope they like, like them. Us. We really like them. <laughs> that was like our friends, Amanda and Eric. We like left. We just literally, first of all, they're really good about this. We had met them and Amanda was like, let's hang out. And first of all, if you don't follow her, follow her on Instagram, Amanda Carpenter. If you follow John, you like his stuff, you'll like her stuff. Um, but anyways, we had met at church and she's like, we need to have you guys over. So they literally just had us over one night. They had put, they were fostering two girls. They put them down for bed and we came over and had brownies and wine at their house. Mm -hmm. And we talked until like 1am and both John and I left being like, wait, that was really good. Like we really like them. We do think they like us. And then she texts us the next day being like, that was so fun. And it was such a relief because it's, you know, it's kind of rare that that happens. Yeah. It's like going on an actual date. It really truly is. It's like friend dating. Yeah. So. But anyways, as far as logistical, logical steps we took. Both both are words. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, We mostly met young married couples through church, Mm -hmm. I would say. Um, We are lucky to go to a church that has a lot of people our age, both single and married. And we just were really intentional about making some married friends in church because we do think it's important. And then on top of that, we have friends that don't necessarily live in the same area that we do, young married friends. And we have tried to be really intentional about staying in touch with them via FaceTime every time they come in, things like that. We just think it's important. Next question. Next question. Hey, Erin and John. Uh, my name's Jenna, and I've been listening to your guys' podcast and been watching your guys' vlogs for some time now. And I love you guys. Keep on rocking it. <laughs> um, no, but I just wanted to ask you guys. Um, you guys kind of briefly covered this in one of your other podcasts, um, just about your guys' Bible time, um, doing it together, Um And you guys kind of said, you know, you don't have to do it together, which I agree. You know, there's not really a right or wrong way to do it. Um, But I just wanted more details about, like, how you guys do it. You know, your, um, I guess, routine for that. Um, If you guys do have a routine for it, I would love to know because I am in a relationship. And we're just still trying to figure that part out, I guess. So... I would love your guys' insight on that. That'd be awesome. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Still smiling <laughs> Still so smiling. big every time. Um, so. Did we talk about this on the podcast? Did we I talk guess we about did. it? I think we might have mentioned I it. I mean, otherwise she wouldn't yeah, know. Yeah, how would she know? How would Jenna know? <laughs> Is she listening on our phones like the advertisements do? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about it? Yeah. I mean, we haven't always studied 
art like Bibles together, but recently and not read recently as in the past couple months on average, not recently as in the past couple weeks. Cause we've been bad the past couple weeks. Um, but we've just been going through books of the Bible together and it's really just simple. Um, it's really, since we moved into our new place, we would sit out on the porch, but now it's too cold. So we would just go through the book of the Bible. I have a She Reads Truth Bible, and it sort of gives you a breakdown of readings day by day. So we would pick, you know, book of Ephesians, and it would say read this much of Ephesians that day. So we'd just read that. Um, we'd talk about it. Sometimes there was a reading, like an essay in my Bible that we'd read through. And then we just kind of say what stuck out to you, what stuck out to you. Most of the time it's John with all of these like amazing insights and me being like, Oh, that part's cool. (laughs) And, um, not true. And then we pray together and really that's as, as simple as it sounds is as simple as it is. Yeah. And there are, there have been several days where we read it and both of us are either like, I don't really get it. Yeah, or nothing really there for or me. Or nothing really popped out. Or like, oh, was, this part just frustrates it's me. It's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we, you know, we do our best to sort of do some research in the moment and, and try and work it out together. But it's not about necessarily cracking the code. Um, and that that's something that I sort of answered yesterday when I was doing a QA. and I, I think a lot of us have the wrong idea or the wrong expectation when it comes to studying our Bibles in that we think we need to get something out of it every single time and mm-hmm. walk away with some sort of deep, meaningful takeaway. When actually I think our relationship with the Bible, it's, it should, we should really be looking for more of a cumulative effect in that it's about the growth that you see over time, over the course of several months or years. And I think that doesn't just go for a personal relationship and study with the Bible. I also think that goes in terms of a partnership relationship and study with the Bible. And some days, it's most days, it's Sweet Bear being like, hey, we have an appointment on the porch with our Bibles. That's how we <laughs> say it to each other. But I haven't done it in a while. I've been bad. And that's why we haven't done it. And then the other day, I was like, you know what? We have an appointment on the couch right now. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and always, and I think a rule that we both have is whenever one of us brings it up, we always say yes, whether we're feeling like it or not, as long as yeah. we have the time. And also, we have the time. Yeah, we do. <laughs> like it's. It I could, mean, in that in that moment. In that moment, but I'm saying like there are so many times where I wake up super stressed, especially mm-hmm. lately. I'm just in a really busy season at work, and I wake up and I check my email in bed, and I've got 27 emails from the night before, and I'm like, oh gosh, I really got to get up and get going. Yeah. And then it's like, you know what? You can take 15 minutes. You really can, girl. Yeah. And also, it's it's a vulnerable thing to go to your partner and ask them and be like, "Hey, can we study the Bible together?" And the last and the quickest way to get your partner to not be interested anymore is by saying no, yeah, or I'm too busy, true. I just can't do that right now. So the answer is always yes. Or it's I really can't right now because I'm leaving. We're gonna do it right when I get back. Yeah. So hope that helps. And that's question. Uh oh. Did that just become a thing? Why did Aaron decide to become a vegetarian? Ooh. This question comes from Tegan. <laughs> oh, I was like, no intro. I like <laughs> it. it. I like mystery. this short question. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a combination of things. John's also kind of a vegetarian. I don't know I'm if you guys know I'm a fake vegetarian. <laughs> I eat meat one day a week. Um, 
So John had been doing that for a while. And do you want to talk about getting into that Cliff Notes version? Yeah, Cliff Notes version is I have a good friend, Justin Koo, a.k.a. That Christian Vlogger. He's a vegetarian. He sort of got me hooked onto it. Plus, uh, I'm really into ultra running, and a lot of ultra runners are also very into it. So I just sort of started probably about six months ago, sort of weaning myself off of meat. And then I was still eating meat when John started this whole vegetarian thing. And, um, it was really like we were watching. It was very sudden. It was very sudden. And I kind of always knew that if I had done any sort of research into like slaughterhouses and things like that, that I was going to be done for. I just didn't want to because I liked meat. (laughs) Um, but really we were reading sharp objects and watch Sharp Objects, and one of the characters in Sharp Objects owns like a slaughterhouse, a meat business. What is it called? A slaughterhouse. A slaughterhouse, and just the way that Gillian Flynn, the author, describes it and describes the meat, because she is a vegetarian, and it's very obvious <laughs> by her writing, I was like, ooh, I don't like that at all. And then that kind of led me in thinking into a little more research. So basically... When people ask me why I'm a vegetarian, I'm like, it's a little bit environmental. It's a little bit health. It's a little bit animals. It's kind of all of it. And but you have stuck to it. Yeah, I have not had meat. Although the other day I was making sloppy joes this, this is so funny for our friend's family. And I was like cooking it and I got a little on my hand and I just like instinct or what is it reflex just like licked my hand you know like you get something on your finger and you just licked it off and I was like oh no and I like rinsed it out because <laughs> I totally forgot but next but yeah. question next question <laughs> hi Erin and John first of all I would just like to thank both of you for being such good role models you both inspire and motivate in such a big way and my question for you is What do you feel like is the most difficult problem we as leaders of the church and the church in general have in reaching the new generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ? And what can we do to solve that problem? Thanks. Greetings from Norway. Norway? Yes. Are you so happy? Oh, I would say shouts to Norway, but (laughs) Sleepbread doesn't want me to say shouts. So love you, Norway. John is... Of Norwegian heritage. I am, and so I love some good Norwegian I was trying to figure out that accent. Yeah, Anders. I love so it. So glad you're here. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and great question, by yeah, the way. Yeah, really good question. Um, do you want to start? You want? Um, okay, so I personally think the biggest hurdle that we, as the modern church, have to overcome is this mentality that Christians are hypocrites or Christians are selfish or Christians are right-wing Republican and this is bad because, or Christians are, you know, whatever that label is. It's this like, should I even say that? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's, uh, I'm not saying like Christians are right-wing Republicans and that's bad. Don't walk it back. I'm just saying like people have this mentality about Christians yeah, St- the stereotypes of it that that in a lot of ways have been earned. Yeah, a, a lot of ways have been earned. And I think millennials can smell bull, excuse my language, um, they can smell BS and they can smell a hypocrite and they're not about it. And if you proclaim one thing but your actions say another, 
like millennials are not afraid to call that out. And mm-hmm. I think the millennial generation and the generation below us get so much crap, but that's something I actually really respect about our generation mm-hmm. is like, they're able to see through any BS and they're able to call it out. And I really think that's important. And unfortunately, I think the church in, in the past has proclaimed one thing and acted another way mm-hmm. or have, you know, hid things under the rug or are not really living out in, you know, God's love in a way that I think is important. And so I think that is a really big hurdle. And I think that is why a lot of millennials are turning away from the church, why a lot of young people are saying, not for me, I'll just be a good person. Or even I love Jesus and I have a relationship with him, but I don't really want to be a part of this church. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, a big a big hurdle. Yeah, you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. I was going to say the exact same thing. Really? I think the biggest hurdle and biggest struggle that the church is facing is that the millennial and, and Generation Z, they respond to authenticity mm-hmm. and will not accept anything less. And so that is a challenge then for leaders of the church because now you have a generation coming up that does not have loyalty just because I said so. Or just because that's what you do on Sundays. Like, they'll, yeah. they'll challenge that. Absolutely. And so really what that means, the challenge then for leaders of the church, is we actually have to get back to the heart of the original message. And we have to show people, it's not just because I said so, or it's the right thing to do. Here's why this good news is actually good news. Here's why this good news is for everybody. And here's why you go to church on Sundays. It's not to check off a religious box. This is something our church talks about all the time that I love. It's not to check off a religious box. Why do we go to church? Because God designed us for community. Why do we worship at church? Because we need to praise God who has given everything for us. Why do we do this? You know, it's not just... Well, we go to church and we sing a song and we sit down and we bow our heads. Like there's reasoning behind that. And I think we've lost that in a lot of ways. Yep. And it's important to remember the reason why and also to be authentic about it. Because generations before us, they just didn't have other options necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was just like, that's what you do because that's what you do. Whereas now, because of the internet, because of cell phones, because of technology, we have infinite number of options of mm-hmm. ways that we could spend our time and what we could give our energy to. We have brunch on Sundays. I mean, look at the brunch menus around Chicago. Come on That's now. It's a struggle. And so, yeah, the church needs to get back to showing what, what is the reason behind all of this. Also, I'm going to call it the church here for a second. The church needs to As be if willing. We <laughs> the church needs to be willing to be updated and change and not do the same five things they've done for the past 50 years. The church has got to get behind people like John who are bravely meeting young kids where they're at, the internet, and giving them an alternative to what they would otherwise be watching. Churches like Elevation, we talk about this all of the time, their social media presence is genius, and I don't understand why more churches aren't getting behind that. That is where young people are. If you truly want to touch the next generation and to get them involved and to get them excited about God's word, you have to meet them where they're already going to be. Come on. And and good night. Well, and can I just tag one last thing on to yeah, that? Yeah, you would because, say it better than I would. No, you said it perfectly. You said it incredibly. The thing I would tack on to that is what people, because I know how people will attack that. Yeah. What people will say is you can't change the gospel. 
we're not talking no. about changing the message or changing the content. We're talking about leveraging the technological tools of our age in order to spread the gospel, which guess what? That's what's been happening since the beginning of time. You think Jesus teaching in a parable was not using the technology of the time you to get Paul, across the same half message? The, half the freaking Bible is made up of letters. Letters was just the technology that Paul had at the time to spread his word. The Bible spread throughout the whole world because of the printing press. Mm -hmm. it, it's It's been technology, and for some reason we've decided to halt the what mm -hmm. I believe is the progress of the gospel because we're afraid that... We're afraid of what other people are using the internet to do. Well, let's get in there and use it for what it could be. Come on now. Jorgensen's on fire tonight. Yes, next question. <laughs> Hi, John and Aaron. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, so my question is, everybody has one of those songs that they just cannot turn off their car and go into their house until they are done jamming to it. And I want to know your guys's. Ooh, great question. Did you recognize that voice? No, who was it? It was Hannah Fritz. Oh, Hannah. I, well, I feel like I recognize every voice. So <laughs> I was like, no, you don't know this voice. <laughs> she didn't see She didn't see what the names were. Oh, hi, Hannah. We miss you. What's your song? Um, Mine's going to be a kind of a lame one, but it's River by Leon Bridges. It's not like a jam mine's song. Mine's lame too. What is it? Mine's To The Very End by Will Regan, which is, it's the same type of thing. It's like a slower, yeah. <laughs> more emotional song. Yeah. As far as a jam song, our favorite jam song is Shut Up and Dance With Me because that's what we were introduced to at our wedding. And I feel like that's, I kind of consider it one of our songs, but... As far as songs I can't turn off. It's usually it's a song with stuff. either incredible vocals uh -huh. or it just puts or me in like... lyrics. Or yeah, or it's great lyrics or it just puts me in a certain place, you know, mm -hmm. of, of thought or, you know, that sort of thing. Hi, John and Aaron. My name's Anna. And my question for you is, if someone were to make a movie out of your life, who would you cast to play yourself and your spouse? Love you guys. <laughs> Um, well, I always want Reese Witherspoon to play me, even though she's older than me, but. That's the hard part about this question yeah. is we're still decently young enough where it's like, you'd have to choose like teenagers. Yeah. And. To do all of the. And that's really, that's really hard because there's not a lot of really well-known like teenage actors right now. Can I pick Lily Reinhardt and pretend that I look like her? Um, I would, let's see. So if, if we're going like it has to be teenagers because that has pretty much been our entire life thus far, um, I would probably like I got to choose like one of the kids from Stranger Things, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I got to choose Mike from Stranger. What is uh, Finn Wolfhard? Yeah, Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, I'm going to go with him. Well, he's so young. But think about it. By the time that movie's done being... He's, what, 15 now? Yeah. Almost 16? By the time that movie's done being made, if we're really starting to write it right now, that's going to be two years. He's going to be 18 by the time that movie's filming. Yeah. So I'm choosing Finn Wolfhard <laughs> for myself because he's funny. He's I'm great. choosing Lily Reinhardt because I want to look like her because she's so beautiful. It's going to be different ages. It's going to be a weird... <laughs> it's going to be a weird film, but... Good for us. Good for us. Oh, man. these are, That's like not I, what people are expecting us to say. A lot of people would probably say for me like Michael Shannon because people yeah, think I look like Michael Shannon. Yeah, because he looks just like Michael Shannon. I don't get, oh, people think I look like Natalie Dormer, which fine. That's fine with me. I'll pick Natalie Dormer. Once again, 
weird, <laughs> weird age difference there. Okay. Next question. A lot of people are going to be like Googling. I already said oh. next question. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, John and Aaron. First, I just wanted to say I love what you guys are putting out there and I love listening to you both. So I have a question for John about the running, actually specifically the lack thereof in that season of injury. So I come from uh, not from a perspective of back injuries, but from a perspective of endless foot and ankle injuries. So I really wanted to pry and hear more about that season of injury for you, John, and what that looked like. Uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, definitely the spiritual part because that's just uh, not, not a common topic. And so I'm still in the middle of that season and I'd really just love to hear more about that season of your life and what that looked for your faith. So thanks. So I think Sweet Bear can actually weigh, on, weigh in on this a little bit as well, uh, just from the perspective of like she watched me go through that whole injury and whatnot. So to give a little bit more context briefly, um, for people who maybe don't know about a little over three years ago, I herniated three discs in my back, L3, L4, L5. Um, at the time I was performing in a show in New York where I had to dance a lot and the pain just became over time unbearable to the point where, and Sweet Bear can attest, I couldn't tie my own shoes. Mm -hmm. Like there were days where she had to tie my shoes for me because it hurt so bad. Um, and eventually I got some cortisone shots to kind of numb the pain, but it wasn't fixing the problem. And, and I always had this goal to run more marathons and ultra marathons and things like that. And I was essentially told by some doctors, um, after some scans that I shouldn't do that. And I said, forget you guys. I started going to physical therapy, like three times a week. And it was, I just started this slow process back to health. And I think for me, the biggest takeaways from it were one, the importance of patience and a long-term view. When it comes to healing any injury, especially an injury like my back, which it's not, I can't throw a cast on it, not move for six weeks, and then it's just going to heal. It's just something that I'm going to kind of have to manage from now on. And so patience and a long-term view is so key. You are not going to be healed in one day. You really have to take it one day at a time and say to yourself, I'm not looking to be better by the end of today. I'm looking to be better by this time next year. Um, and I think just keeping that perspective and that long-term view, that really helped me a lot and helped me to sort of uh, stay healthy mentally through it because it's a mental battle as much as it's a physical battle. And I also want to say this is kind of opposite of what you did, but perhaps your body was not meant to do a certain type of workout. Perhaps genetically you were built in a different way. Does that mean you can never do that workout? No, but it's also, you have to be smart. If you have terrible knees and you're running every single day and your doctor's telling you do not run on your knees, when you're 50, when you're 60, when you're 70, are you going to be able to walk? Are you going to be able to run around with your grandkids? Would going on the elliptical be a better option for you? Would doing yoga be a better option for you? Would doing something else be a better option? Is what I, and John didn't really follow that advice, but I don't think you're planning on doing this ultra running but I for did. life. I did follow that advice actually, uh, but I just 
found for myself the thing that would work. Mm -hmm. For me, like I will never be able to run fast for distance ever again. Like it's just not something that works for me. Mm -hmm. I've tried it. I've tried running like fast 5Ks and it blows up my back. Yeah. And so what did I do? I slowed down and I I found sort of a new sport. So I think that's kind of the other thing. And it's good that you brought it up. It's sort of sort of tampering your expectations a little bit or perhaps just using this as an opportunity to find a new avenue. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing I'll say, because I don't want to ignore the last part of your question, uh, which is asking about sort of the spiritual aspect of it. I think, you know, obviously praying your way through, you know, the, the healing and, and, con- and continuing to invite God's spirit in to play a significant role in that healing as well, because uh, God is big enough to heal whatever that injury is uh, in whatever timing he sees fit. But more than that, I want to encourage anyone who's going through an injury or even any trial is to remain cognizant or, or thoughtful around what God might be using this trial to teach you about him or about your faith. Because there are so many lessons that we are taught while we're going through trials, especially while we're going through injuries. And because we're so focused on ourselves in this moment, we actually miss the blessings, which are the lessons that God wants to teach us in them. So I would encourage anyone going through a difficult time, use that time as a way to remain thoughtful and and open your eyes to what is God actually teaching me in this moment? Because I guarantee you, he's trying to teach you something about himself or about your faith. Next question. Hey guys. Um, I just wanted to tell you that I really, 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 really enjoy the podcast and yeah, keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome. Oh, that was so nice. <laughs> Encouragement. Thank you. Thank you so much, Estefania. Ooh. That really means a lot. I like that name. John probably said it wrong. I probably did. I probably <laughs> butchered it. Um, forgive me. Forgive me. Uh, but thank you. That was really nice. Yeah, thank you. Next question. Next question. That wasn't a question. All right. This is the last one. Hi, John and Sweet Bear. My name is Julia. I'm a junior in college, and my boyfriend and I have been dating for about a year and a half, but he graduated this past spring and is working full-time elsewhere in the country. Um, Since then, we've been long distance. Uh, We've been able to see each other about once a month, and we text throughout the day and Skype a few times a week. But I'm wondering if you have any advice from your time in a long-distance relationship for things to do on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis to continue growing as a couple instead of just talking about the things we did that day and that kind of stuff. Thanks so much. I love that you guys are podcasting together. Have a great day. Thanks, Julia. Thanks, Julia. You want to start? Um, yeah. One thing I've talked about this before, I don't know, on the vlog um, or something, but one thing, just a fun thing that we did is we started watching a show together on Netflix and we would call each other and we'd say, okay, one, two, three, and we'd start the show and we'd make sure it lined up perfectly. And then we sort of went through a series together, which is sounds dumb, but it was just nice. It was a nice activity to do to 
to go through a show together, to text about, can you believe that happened? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's dumb, but it, I think it really helped us to feel. It kind of feels like you're spending time together. Yeah, like, and that's something. That's just something John and I love to do is watch shows together. So it's very us. But is there something that you guys love to do together that you can do? Maybe at the same time, you know, even mm-hmm. though you're far away from each other. Yeah, I think just you got to be really creative and have to be willing to get creative. And that goes for not just long distance relationships. That goes for every relationship, especially long term relationships and marriage. Like you, you got to get creative and, and, and that takes energy. That takes thought. Mm-hmm. That takes intention. And that's hard when you gone through classes all day or you worked all day and you just come home and you just want to, you know, chill and turn off your brain. Like it does take a lot of work. Yeah. And something, another like very sort of logistical thing that, that I did from time to time is we would write each other letters Mm -hmm. and we would send them. Um, or John would send me flowers. Like I know you don't have to do that. Like I know that's all money stuff, like flowers and things like that, but can you send them a Starbucks gift card and say, Hey, get coffee on me today. Or can you send them a letter in the mail that when they get it, it will just brighten their day. Yeah. Cause I mean, that is totally different than like receiving a text in the morning Mm -hmm. or, you know, things like, or even talking on the phone. Any sort of like special thing that you can sort of give them, I think really what that does is it's almost like you're showing up a little bit, yeah, you know, or, or you're just creating an, something for you guys to get excited about in your relationship and to look forward to that's going to sort of hold you over until the next time you see one another. Um, I think that's huge. Uh-huh, for sure. That's it. That's the end of the question. Those are all the questions. That was so fun. You enjoyed that? That was really fun. All right, so make your case to people who just listened to this episode for them to ask more questions. First of all, I feel like with people asking questions, we get to topics that we might not otherwise talk about. Totally. Or get to just because, you know, John makes up a topic every week and we chat about that. But if there's something you want to hear us talk about, like this is the perfect opportunity. Plus it's just like, I don't know. I always love listening to question and answer podcast like mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah. I think it creates really good conversation, especially because there's really good questions. Yeah. That those are asked. some great questions. And then we know like we are talking about things that the people who listen to this are, are interested, interested in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for sure. Cause chances are one of the questions that was asked, it's a question that maybe you had or you were also interested in, at least I hope. Mm-hmm. So if you want us to do another episode like this, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us some feedback by simply asking a question. You yeah. go to the <laughs> anchor app. If you don't have it, download anchor and go search the bear and the swan at the top of the page. It just says voice message and you can leave us a quick voice message just like these amazing 10 or so people did. And we're very, very grateful. So thank you to everyone who asked a question. I have a question for you. Oh, tell me. Um, would it be like cool if people reached out in that same way and offered like topics that they want to hear? Totally. Yeah. So you can go to anchor, leave a voice message either with a question that you want answered on the next Q&A episode, or that's a good idea. You can leave suggestions for topics that you would like us like to discuss in the future. Episode, like a full yeah. episode. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds great. All right. Before we go, one nice thing about each other. I'm ready and armed with mine. John got me cheese fries tonight. That was a nice thing. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of the times I say nice things are your actions because really your actions are just really good. And John, he just takes care of me. And I just like, 
as a six that is speaking my language. And I just love that tonight he knew I was in a bad mood. And so he went and got me cheese fries. Like, that's just, I mean. But I made sure to ask her permission first before I went to get them <laughs> because I didn't want to show up with cheese fries and her be like, I'm trying to eat healthy. Which I was. Keeps... Yeah. Which I but, was. But I just need to know, like, if yeah. you're in that mood We're there. or not. <laughs> We're there. And if you're not there, then I'm like, great, I'm going to get you a healthy option. Yeah. You know, so that means a lot to you, Bear. Thank you. Thank you. You get me all misty-eyed Oh, up he in is misty-eyed. Oh, well, that means a lot because I work really hard to do that. You do what I want. Okay. Uh, mine for you is... And I think it's probably part of it is because I was gone for a whole week. You are one of the underrated, funniest people I've ever met. And I know I'm biased because I love you more than anyone else in the world, but you are so funny. <laughs> like, you make me laugh so much. And I made you laugh once this week and I almost cried. Oh, yeah. Because he I was, was so, so proud. happy that he made me laugh. He and got then two me days good. later, I repeated the joke and she's like, You can't repeat it. Well, he it. always does that. He always does that. He gets a good one. I laugh. And then he really tries to ride that wave and either continue it in the moment <laughs> or bring it up again. And I'm like, It's just. It's not as good. Well, anyway, that is... Oh, we're watching the World Series right now while we record this podcast, and the Dodgers just made a a potentially costly error. So there's that. Anyways. That's it. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. This was fun. We'll do it again. We're back to weekly episodes. Back to weekly episodes. If you want to see more of our lives, follow us at Air Jorgen, at John Jorgensen on Instagram. Correct. Um, You can subscribe to John's YouTube channel. And Jorgen fam, is that a thing anymore? Uh, Kind of. (laughs) I am going to be uploading the... Video from my fifty miler though. Oh, it's gonna be a nice, one. nice, nice video from that. So, so make sure yeah, to check that out. follow us there and please leave a question and um, review, like subscribe and review mm-hmm. if you like it. Um, Look at you, you're getting the hang of this. And that's about all I got. <laughs> good work, good work. All right, uh, love you, love you, love you all. Say something nice. Buckets can finally have his bones back. <laughs>